Been a lot of places. I've been all around the world. Seen a lot of faces. Never know where I was on the horizon. Ooh, well, I know, I know, I know, I know. So I'll be rising back home. No, we won't forget where we came from. The city won't change us. We beat to the same drum. No, we won't forget where we came from. The city won't change us. We beat to the same drum. Don't forget where you belong. well happy friday hope everyone's having a wonderful week powerful week coming to its climax now this is the nine days this is the weekend called shabbat chazon which is 
according to some, some maybe the most powerful Shabbat of the year. And then this weekend is going to be the, it's really a holiday, which for those who are on Timeless Lessons uh, or Torah Anytime we'll be talking about. We've been talking about this concept of finding or at least activating happiness. Right? This is sort of, sort of where we're up to. Uh, today we're going to, you know, be the last day of the season. We're going to a little bit of a hiatus, just a couple of service announcements. Um, if you're on, if you're watching this on Facebook or WhatsApp, any other place where we can be in touch, great. If you're watching this in on a podcast or whatnot, um, and you want to just sort of be informed, you could always email me at charlie at charlieharari.com. And I'll just keep you posted if anything happens or when we're coming back. It's, it won't be too long, you know, but just want to make sure everybody's aware of when we start the next season. Also, during the next week or so, I'm, we're going to probably send out a survey to everybody just to see what you think, what you, you, know, what you like, what you didn't like, just so that, that I, you know, I know what to do more of and what to do less of. So stick in, stay in touch with us and look out for that. Um, so again, if you're listening on a platform that has texting or whatever, then fine. But if you're, but if you're not, just email me and we'll we'll be in touch that way. We'll be we'll be back pretty soon. We'll let you know when. It won't be too long. Um, okay, back to the topic at hand. So yesterday we 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 yesterday we got to a place really, which is where we're building towards which is this concept as, as, we, as we've been spending the time really trying to break the hold of the results-driven world and move into an effort-driven world, which, by the way, is much harder. Because pushing yourself to the max is so much harder than trying to get a result. Now, you may not get the results when you push yourself to the max, but it's harder. If you have to choose between accomplishing someone else's result or pushing yourself to the max, you're always going to work harder pushing yourself to the max. As we were building through this, we were talking about this concept of the distractions. What stops us from getting the energy to push yourself to the max, right? To push yourself to the max every day requires the ability to delve into the power plant and get access to the energy, right? You can't push your phone to the max on low battery. It doesn't work. It's the same thing with like, I don't know if you guys had the same thing. It happens, you know, back in the older days, like five years ago, when you would travel, you didn't have an outlet every five steps. Like, you remember that? Like you get on an airplane and there's no outlet by your chair seven years ago. So like you would have to like you would have to like get to the plane and time the battery so that you can use your if you wanted to use your 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 computer on the plane or on the road. And so when you're operating on that computer and you're watching the battery go and it's telling you what apps or what app what websites or whatever it is that's draining your battery, you're not operating with full power and then you could 
at least, you know, I'm an Apple guy. So like, as soon as you see that little green little light on the side of your charger, you're like rock and roll. Let's do this. Or if you ever, if you're in the place of where, if you're still, if you still have a plan that doesn't have unlimited data, right? Were you still in that zone? Like you're wondering, should I do this? Do I have enough data? Do I have enough data? Do I have enough data? And then all of a sudden the Wi-Fi comes on. You're like, I'm free. If we want to live to the max, we got to be able to tap into the energy source. You can't live to the max on battery. We have to understand that the drainage that takes place to our mind is blocking us from the energy. You know, Jewish law goes crazy about uh, bad speech. If you get into it, on the surface, you can get away with it. You see, you could see someone who looks very, very religious and they speak terribly. It's not really the depth of it. On the surface, you can get away with it. In the depth of Judaism, you can't speak negatively about somebody else. It's against the law, really. And when you say something negative, it's like a whole like you know legal analysis. Can I say this? Can I not say this? It's for a purpose. If I don't tell them that the guy's just a, a thief, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there are rules, but it's not just like I can say whatever I want. It's not like I can just say whatever words come out of my mouth. And it looks a little bit intrusive, but it's the most, it's the greatest gift we have. The navigation of knowing what to say is the greatest block to the drainage of our mind. And if you ever need proof, go look at people that are constantly speaking negatively. They're constantly negative energy, negative energy, negative energy, negative conversation, negative conversation. They're not living to their fullest. They can't. How many times do we walk into a scenario and we're having some conversation that's a negative conversation? We speak negatively about something and all of a sudden we're like exhausted from it. The negativity, however form it comes, whether it's our own anxiety about the future, I don't mean anxiety clinically, I just mean it colloquially now. Anxiety about the future, whether it's our own regret about the past, whether it's a scenario, whether I express my insecurities by pretending it's someone else's fault, whether I express my arrogance or my self-centeredness by complaining, whatever it is that is going to be the, 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 the garment to the negative energy, it's negative energy. And the negative energy hurts us more than anybody in the world. Nobody appreciates that when we're on the phone talking negative about somebody else, unless it is a well thought out, if I would say like within the bounds, when we speak negatively about what's going to be, what's, we're the ones that suffer the most because we're the ones that are creating blockages to our own energy source called our soul, which can provide us the energy that we need to live life to the max, to fully express what's inside us and allow us to feel fully satisfied no matter what the result is. The reason why I'm getting running after this, this, and this is because of the insecurities that I have. And I need the world to tell me that I'm okay. 
and I don't feel fully actualized or satisfied because I don't know how to get to my own energy source. So don't worry about getting to it. Worry about blocking the borders. And when we block the borders, we'll feel something. I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, from all this COVID stuff, you know, I don't know how it is around the world, but Israel seems to be taking it incredibly seriously. And what they, what they're doing is basically blocking the borders. They're not letting anybody in. It's getting better now, whatever. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying. So a friend of mine lives in Israel. Now it's, very difficult on the economy. Like it's a complicated thing. You can't just shut the place down, but whatever. She's explaining to me how much he is enjoying Israel. Like he, he, he's never seen now everyone's out running around, but in the beginnings, like he's never seen the country like this. Usually, especially where he lives in Jerusalem, like there's thousands and thousands and thousands of tourists. And at some point, it all shut down. This guy's still living there. He's going to the Western Wall. He's going out. But is that he's just explaining to me that he's never really appreciated his own country because there's been so many things happening in one city. It's an international city. Block the borders. I'm not discussing the, the Israel blocking the borders. I'm just using it as an example. Just block the borders and you'll see, you'll find energy in a way you never thought you had. Now, how do you do it? So we spoke yesterday about this incredibly wise statement. Who is wealthy? Who is truly wealthy? Because remember, if you have to compare time or money, time is more valuable. You could always get more money. Even if it's difficult, you can never get more time. And ask somebody who's at the end of the time what he'd rather, he'd rather time. Who is wealthy? Wealth is the person who is fully, who has, who has the depth of time, who's satisfied with their lives. Money only attempts to buy satisfaction. Every moment of your life, we can live with a higher level of satisfaction. Somebody who activates the trait called happiness. What that means is that the onus is on us to be in the moment and to activate the happiness of each moment to find meaning even if we can't know what the meaning is. To trust that if I am in a moment, I need to be fully in the moment, even if I don't fully understand the meaning of this moment. If I'm sitting at a party and someone comes to talk to me and I can't get away from it, I'm in the conversation, I need to be with this human being because I will never know the moment, the meaning of this moment until it's over. We've all been there. 
where you meet somebody. You don't appreciate who they are. You're moving on to something else, but you stay in the moment. And then later in life, you realize the value of that relationship. Many people see this with their own families. We're in the moments where they have them. They don't spend it with them. And then later they'll do anything to spend it with them. But in the moment they didn't appreciate it and they couldn't appreciate it. Hasameach Bechelko, the rabbi say, don't worry about what's going to be in a minute. You're, you're in a chalik, you're in a portion of time. Activate that. Infuse joy into that. Infuse happiness into that. Frame your moments so that they're fully lived because you can never know their value until you've lost them. That means that every moment of our day could be a moment that is infused with our meaning. What that means is that meaning is that in which we infuse it's not that in which the world shows us. I am given the ability by the creator of humanity to infuse meaning into things. And we see it all the time. There's somebody who is going to make barely minimum wage to watch football tape for some team he's going to follow the team around and all he's going to do is watch tape of games and give notes to a coach but for him football is life so he gets up every morning and he infuses meaning into watching video of some sport to the next person they think he's insane they don't came and follow the game to one person singing and watching musicians is like, you, pay, you can't pay me. To another person, like, let's get moving. I got stuff to do. The way life works is we're infusing meaning into things all the time. What is meaning to one isn't to another. What brings excitement to one isn't to another. All of us are created with a certain feeling towards things so that the world can run. If everybody wanted to be a doctor, it wouldn't work. you got to have everyone. To, God gives each of us something special that we enjoy, that we look to. The problems and the challenges that are present, it's specifically designed for our lives. But it's us who gives meaning. We're the ones that think that this sport's meaningful. We're the one that thinks that making money is meaningful. We're the ones that make it for our children that this is meaningful and that's not meaningful. In one family, it's meaningful to go to an Ivy League school. In one family, you, you lose by going to an Ivy League school. In one family, if you don't be, every family infuses meaning and the family goes through time and attention to Follow the dictates of the meaning. The problem is that we many times follow the meaning of the world around us. And the rabbis say, no, 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 no. There's truth in this world. You can find it if you study it. Every second that you're in, 
you infuse the meaning. That conversation is meaningless vis-a-vis society because the person may not fit into the 10 buckets that society considers meaningful. Who cares? It happens all the time with people. The guy that you know-ish all of a sudden gets like some fancy job and now somebody wants to talk to him. What happened to yesterday? No, because society values wealth or values prestige or values celebrity. And yesterday they weren't, and now they are. So now if somebody wants to spend time with them, why does society have to set meaning on things? We set meaning on things. If you study truth, God gives meaning to things. God will show you what's meaningful. But in every moment that you're in, you can make it meaningful. And you can strive for meaning. And you can push yourself to see, is this really meaningful vis-a-vis real truth? And find meaning in things that we never thought possible. When we stand in front of a challenge, our ability to get through that challenge is going to be based on whether or not we look at the challenge and say, I don't know how, but there's meaning here. There's a value for what I'm going through right now. I don't, I don't know it yet, but I, I'm going to infuse this scenario with meaning from my soul and do the best that I can in it and live in it and overcome it and know that one day I can look back and I'm sure I'll understand the meaning. I'm bringing the happiness. God brings the circumstances and says, you bring the happiness. You bring the positive frame. You bring the reason for being in the room. Wait for me. We're partners in creation, he says. Got a world doing this with you. It's the greatest gift we have. Every Friday night, we stand before God and we recite the Kiddush. We're saying we're partners in creation. It's the greatest gift to be a partner. We can't control the world, but we can control how we feel. We can control our perception. We can control our faith. We can control how we engage in things. And if we're we're trying to outplay what's 10 steps from now, or we're always saying, I'm not enough, we can't even live in the moment. When you walk into a scenario and say, "I'm I'm bringing the happiness, I'm bringing the enthusiasm, I don't got to have it figured out. I don't run this world. I play in each moment. All I worry about is the next play. Someone wonderful emailed me. King David says, Kirega ba'apo. Ba'apo is also your nose. The moment that's right in front of your nose. All right, everybody. This is the homework that we have together. This is hard. It may sound simple, unless you're already doing this. This is super hard. How do we infuse meaning? Not like we understand it. How do we infuse, make it easier. How do we infuse happiness, satisfaction, faith? How do we infuse courage? How do we infuse enthusiasm into every moment of our lives? 
not worrying about what 20 steps is, not living where I was, not looking to the size as to who has more or who's further ahead of some race that some other place made up that I got to be on. I am here where I am. I'm going to make it awesome wherever I am. It, it, thematically, because this is really our first break. It's good. It's not going to be that long. Week two, whatever it is, you know, not too long. I can't, I can't be apart from you for too long, but just to, to end the, the way we end in, this, in the trip, this is momentum, of course. So this is the men's trip. This is connected to the men's side. You know, we do the men's trip. I'll end the way we ended in the men's trip. For those who are interested, uh, there's a lot going on on Sundays. Tishabov, just keep an eye out for it. Um, but what's amazing, uh, what's, let's say amazing, what's thematic, is at the end of the men's trip, um, the whole men's trip, we speak about being awesome. The end of the men's trip, we give out these bracelets. In the old days, we used to give out these bracelets. These, you know, those like a live strong bracelets, you know what I'm talking about? And in there, there's two words. And I think these two, two words are the most important and challenging words that we need to live by. We all want to live awesome lives. We're all waiting for awesome to come. Awesome doesn't happen. Awesome is a choice. And the bracelets that we hand out to the guys in the last day says two words on it. Choose awesome. That's it. You got to choose it. There's always a choice for awesome. There's a choice for negativity and insecurity, and anger and hopelessness. That's a choice. That's sometimes the default setting. We also have a choice called awesome. Let's try this summer for whatever next week or two. Let's try to be in a scenario. And as soon as we see, we feel the drainage, just choose awesome. Just choose to make this moment awesome. Whatever it is. When we live this way, we start to create pathways to the energy source. Let God do God's jobs. We'll do our job. We'll choose awesome. All right, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. It's been an honor. It's been a long time since we've taken any break. Um, I love you guys. You all, men and women. We appreciate you being here. And uh, looking forward to, to being back with you soon. Have an incredible weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Easy fast. And uh, let's try this summer wherever we are, to just choose awesome. All right. All the best. With God's help, I can't wait to see you again soon.